When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, Gator Nation? Zach Alberti and Nick Del Toro here, and it is game week, folks. We are ready to uh, kick this thing off. The 2023 season is here. Uh, this is our final day in Gville. Nick and I will be flying out to Salt Lake City tomorrow, and we will be joined out there by Josh Newman uh, from KSL.com, who will join us on today's show to preview uh, the Utah team that we're going to see on Thursday, taking on Florida uh, at 8 p.m. on ESPN. So uh, definitely looking forward to that. And before we uh, you know, get into the preview, start talking football, we definitely want to send our thoughts and prayers to everybody in the path of this storm. Make sure that you guys stay safe and, uh, and bunker down because nothing to play with. And uh, it's unfortunate every time we get to this time of year, Nick, sometimes this is something that we have to worry about. Uh, but we're on the road for week one. Yeah, luckily, uh, we're getting on the uh, early Tuesday flight. I think Florida, you know, we asked Billy Napier a ton about it. Why are you only leaving Wednesday? Psych might have to leave Tuesday. I don't know if Florida uh, is getting 150 people out of Gainesville Regional Airport on Wednesday. Probably going to have to to switch that up. But well, let's knock on wood, Zach, because we're definitely not driving to Utah, uh, and I'd like to be there first time in Utah, first time in Salt Lake City. Uh, would like to get that plane ride out on Tuesday morning. Absolutely, no, we're uh, we're looking forward to it. And for everybody that subscribed to the Gators Online YouTube channel, uh, stay tuned because we're going to be having a lot of content coming on this page, a lot of coverage at Gators Online as well. So if you're not a member there, uh, we've had our special basically throughout the fall camp and throughout the season where you can get yourself in the door for a dollar. Uh, but if you like what you've seen, you like what you've read, you can do the whole year right now with our kickoff sale for just 50 bucks, uh, 49.99 to be exact. That can get you in the door full year membership uh, for new subscribers to Gators online. So make sure that you guys take advantage of that. And also make sure that you take advantage of a little deal and promo code that we got going on at bird dogs, Dot com And definitely want to give a shout out to our sponsor at Bird Dogs before we bring in Josh Newman. Uh, Florida fans, you can go to BirdDogs.com. Use our promo code Gators to get a free tech hat with your purchase. Uh, Nick has been looking fly in that thing since uh, since he got his order. I've got all my stuff uh, in the dryer ready to come with me uh, to Utah. And that's the, the polo. That's the uh, khaki shorts as well that i uh, got a couple pairs of. And I uh, definitely encourage you guys to go check that out uh, at birddogs.com. Uh, these shorts have uh, it got a winner out of me. Uh, you know, they give you a truly sculpted look. Do the same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. And the shirts have been awesome as well. So uh, definitely encourage uh, all you Florida fans to go to birddogs.com and use our promo code GATORS. And uh, now we are going to switch gears and bring in Josh Newman of KSL.com to talk about this Utah football team. Josh, how's it going, man? Appreciate you joining us. Appreciate you guys having me. 
Absolutely, man. We are here for uh, round two of this home and home series uh, between Florida and Utah. Uh, obviously, a classic in Gainesville last year, and uh, Utah goes on from there and wins the Pac-12 for the second straight year. Uh, they're back now uh, for another season with Cam Rising. We think, maybe, possibly. Uh, I'm sure we'll get to that. But um, tell me about this Utah team and, and kind of what this off scene is off season has been like for them since that second Pac-12 title. Yeah, you know, a lot of the same faces return. Look, you know, Cam Rising, uh, Brain Keith, a tight end. I think he caught like seven balls for 90 yards in last year's Florida game. Uh, 60% of the starting offensive line, most of the defensive line, the vast majority of the defensive backfield, the linebacker room is stacked. So, you know, but even within all those names, I mean, the number one, two, three, four storylines were the quarterback and what that's going to look like. Uh, you know, for the listeners and viewers that aren't aware, like Cam Rising tore his ACL in last year's Rose Bowl. And in the eight months since then, the only thing that we've been talking about really is the timeline and can Rising get all the way back for this opener on Thursday night. I mean, look, I'm not a doctor. You guys are not doctors. But, you know, look, we cover sports for a living. And I think we understand that asking an athlete to rehab and get fully back and cleared inside eight months to play a football game is a bit of an aggressive timeline. But even still, you know, the company line from Kyle Whittingham, the head coach, has been, you know, he expects Rising to to play. That's always been the expectation. And, you know, Rising in the media that he's done, either whether it be with the beat writers or, or with local radio, is like, yeah, you know, I expect to play Thursday night. But that's, um, that's certainly in doubt. Uh, I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but it's certainly uh, not in stone. Uh, you know, we talked to Kyle Whittingham this morning and after a, a month of like some transparency about rising, he's now keeping things close to the vest. Um, we're going to talk to rising here in about two hours. I don't expect him to say anything crazy. And, uh, you know, we're going to see where it goes, but you know, it's probably, it's probably an honest 50, 50, maybe 60, 40 in favor of rising, uh, playing Thursday night, but that is just not yet set. I think the biggest thing, well, one thing, as you clearly noted, none of us doctors, none of us MDs. Um, and obviously, we don't know what was the extent of Brant Keithy's knee injury. Was it just an ACL? Was it ACL, MCL, PCL? Was there a setback? But when I look at Kyle Whittingham saying, hey, these guys are on similar timelines. Brant yeah. might be a little ahead. I'm like, well, Brant tore his ACL three and a half months before Um before Cam did, and, and why are they on similar? And, and listen, a tight end, especially one um, like Brant Keithy, is moving around differently than Cam Rise would be asked to. But I look right. at that, and I'm like, okay, well, why are they on similar timelines when you had so many months apart from the injuries? Yeah, the Keithy thing, it's kind of like the, like the how do I say, like the underrated forgotten storyline this month because everyone's so focused on rising. As you alluded to, Nick, I mean, Keithy tore his ACL in late September, and no, it was not – MCL and, and the whole thing. It wasn't a full reconstruction. It was an ACL. And I remember, uh, obviously, Keith, he was out for the year, but he was at Rose Bowl Media Day, you know, last year with the team, right? We're talking about like December 30th, you know, post-surgery. He's in the middle of rehab. And I asked him, I'm like, look, what's the timeline? What's the story? He's like, I'll be good. Late spring, early summer, like I'll, I'll, I'll be good for the opener. And then camp starts and he's limited. And he's been limited the whole time. So you're talking about, you know, 10, 10 and a half, 11 months post-injury, and he has not gone fully in practice. Now, again, 
I'm not a doctor, you're not a doctor, but it would seem that there was either some sort of setback with rehab or they were being a little coy with what the injury actually was. I, I've been told all along from sources that it was a straight um, ACL, not a full reconstruction. So the point that I keep coming back to is that if rising doesn't play, whoever the backup is could really use brand Keithy because Keithy is a guy that you know that you can target eight, 10, 12 times a game. And he's going to get you eight ball, you know, eight catches, nine catches. You can go to him on third and manageable third and long. So, you know, if rising doesn't play, whether it's Bryson Barnes or, or Nate Johnson starting at quarterback, I think that's a huge thing to be able to have Keithy um, for that backup. If rising cannot go. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And then Joel. the other issue with, with Cam is, is also, what are you, if even if you're cleared, being cleared isn't... Right. You're 100%. Cam Rising murdered Florida with his legs last year. 91 yeah. rushing yards. Uh, he extends plays. He extends drives. He moves the chains with his legs. Um, how effective are you when you play? And I don't think that we can answer that, but, uh, you know, uh, decades of sports journalism here, I, I venture to guess you're not going to be the same player you were when you were in Ben Hogan Stadium against Florida last year. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge thing. I mean, look, Kyle Whittingham and Andy Ludwig, the offensive coordinator, they're not in charge of this whole thing, right? The medical team is in charge of this whole thing. And uh, he's not going to be rushed back. I'm pretty sure his parents, who are, you know, sports-savvy people who raised multiple Division One football players, are not going to allow Cam to, to be rushed back. So this is up to the medical team. And if the medical team says no, then it's a no. Um, what does fully clear look like for Ryzen? I mean, look, you have to be able to move laterally and you have to extend plays and you have to do things with your legs. And like, as you said, like that's a huge part of what, of what Ryzen does. Uh, I think he ran for like 91 yards or something against Florida last year. On seven carries. On seven carries, extended plays. And look, like when Rising is healthy and when Rising is going well, Utah is comfortable calling, you know, six, eight, nine designed runs for Rising. You know, we saw that in the Pac-12 championship game. We saw that in the first Rose Bowl a couple years back against Ohio State. So. If Rising is not able to do all these things, I, I really have like very serious doubts that they would put him out there at, you know, I'm making this up, 85%, 80%. They're just not going to do it. It's not, it's not worth it to them to, to put him out there on Thursday if he's limited. It's, it's just not going to happen. Now, Josh, what has Rising's availability looked like in fall camp uh, in terms of uh, and I don't know how much practice you're able to see or or what you're privy to but um, how much 11 on 11 has he done how much seven on yeah. seven has he done uh, what's that look like yeah so this is one of the favorite topics of the Utah B writers we've seen zero percent of practice okay zero do, so, do, is that typical yeah, as, as long as I've been here, I've been here since okay. uh, late in the 19th season and 0% during the fall. The spring, they used to get a lot more, but now the spring is kind of shut down a little bit too, but I can, I can talk about this all day. Anyway, 
Um, Baby, Kyle Whittingham has been there 15 years. He is a tenured professor showing up to class with socks and sandals on. It. You ain't firing me. No. <laughs> Close it no, down. He's, he's got more job security than almost anybody in the country. Um, so, but, but to the point here, Kyle has been, you know, a little more transparent than normal for the first three weeks of camp. I mean, look, Rising was cleared as a limited participant for the beginning of camp. And what limited means is he's working with the first team offense. He can do some things, but not everything. Like he was not doing 11 on 11 in pads, you know, not doing full team activities. They wouldn't let him move laterally, uh, no sudden movements, no sudden cuts. And that's been, and that was the story for the first three weeks of camp. And then last week, you know, Kyle starts with the coach speak. You know, we asked what his status was and Kyle used the word, uh, he's progressing with the offense. So that was up for some debate. He did his weekly pressure this morning and he kind of completely shut down what he was willing to say uh, about anything, really. It was mm-hmm. like one of the more benign Kyle Whittingham Monday pressures that I can remember in my time here. So, um, but look, I mean, look, Kyle will not tell you straight out like what is happening generally, but he will say enough where if you pay attention, he is trying to lead you down the road to the right answer, leading you down the road to what you want to know. So uh, what was that, that said, road today? You think the road today? I mean, if you're, if you're listening about Johnson versus Barnes, that's still like a thing. Like QB two is like a little bit unsettled. Okay. The depth chart that came out on Friday had Barnes at number two, but then he starts talking about Nate Johnson has made strides. And I, I kind of took it as, you know, the whole thing, in totality, I kind of took it as they have not fully ruled out rising yet. They are still holding out hope that he can go. But if even if you are cleared at this late date, what does that look like? Like you've taken no 11 on 11, uh, nothing live. Look, he wasn't going to get hit during practice anyway. But has there been enough time as, as the unquestioned number one to knock the rust off? and to work with your new center. It's going to be very likely a true freshman left tackle on Thursday night. Like, have you had the time to do all of this? To me, and I think I wrote this last week, if Rising was going to play on Thursday night, your soft deadline, soft deadline to have him, like, ready and able and, like, ready to go was probably Thursday or Friday. Because if you if you had him ready to go Thursday or Friday, you had three or four practices, eh, more like four or five practices, one of which would have been in full pads. So, look, he, he might be the guy Thursday, but just based on the timeline and based on things that Whittingham and Ludwig have said, it's a little hard to imagine rising going. But on the flip side of that, look, he's an older guy, okay, sixth year in college. This is his fifth year at Utah, fifth year working under Ludwig. They trust him with the offense inside and out. So if he comes – again, I'm making this up. If he comes to him today – and says, I'm ready, and the medical staff clears him, he's probably going to go. Not that I think it's a great idea, but if he's ready to go, he's going to go. Good stuff. Good stuff. We're joined by Josh Newman from uh, KSL.com. Go ahead, Nick. Yeah, and you've spent all all offseason. And we'll spend uh, – I think it was you that I first saw that noted uh, Kyle Whittingham said at Pac-12 Media Days maybe – it was going to be 10 to 14 days. And if Cam wasn't cleared 10 to 14 days before the game, right. he would be out. And now we've gone down to 10 to 14 minutes uh, before, <laughs> before the game. Um, so you, you've had, we've had, we've talked plenty about Cam. 
Um, I want to talk just more about Utah. And, and yeah. I think coming in last year, uh, the general consensus among myself and Zach and everyone here in the South uh, was that the Pac-12, may she rest in peace, um, just just plays this finesse style of football. And we were like, ah, they're not going to come in and they can't handle the SEC size and speed. And we were quickly uh, met with the realization that Utah has some big boys uh, and they can run and they will punch you in the mouth. Uh, what does Utah return uh, in the front seven on, on, on defense and, and along the offensive line? Because I heard Kyle Whittingham today say he thinks this might be one of the best teams he's ever had. Yeah, he has used that phrase. You know, he, he does think that, you know, that this is one of the most talented teams he's ever had. And the defensive front seven, that's not something that that he generally worries about. That's something that always is a factor in Utah. Um, uh, Van Fillinger, who is a fourth-year junior on, on, um, on one defensive end spot, uh, he, he's probably the most physical, like, bulldog defensive end that this roster has. Uh, I think it was five or five-and-a-half sacks last year before he was lost for the season uh, due to a knee injury. He's back. Other side, you're looking at either Jonah Ellis or Connor O'Toole. Uh, you know, two program kids who are not – like super highly rated recruits. Connor O'Toole was recruited as a tight end, but they identified him as a potential defensive lineman. That has panned out. And then in the middle, um, Junior Tafuna is a former Pac-12 defensive freshman of the year. Uh, you know, you talk to some guys on, on the defensive staff, they think Junior Tafuna is going to play on Sundays, right? That's how talented they think he is. And then, look, the linebacker room is is loaded, right? That's another position where – it just, it just rolls right over. Like there's no like reload. It's just, it's just retooling what you have, right? Guys in the program, uh, Lander Barton, last season's Pac-12 defensive freshman of the year. He's a monster. He's got the pedigree, right? Both his brothers uh, played for Kyle Whittingham. Both of his brothers are now in the NFL. Um, Lavani Damuni is a, is a Stanford transfer uh, for as bad as Stanford was last year. Lavani Damuni led that Stanford team in tackle. So you've got hmm. You know, the point here is you have a lot of veteran guys in the defensive front seven and um, uh, veteran guys, guys who have been in the program, guys who know what Morgan Scally, the defensive coordinator, expects. But you've also, like, fortified what you have mm. with the transfer portal. You know, not just a linebacker, but other spots around the roster. But, like, I, I mean, you know, for as many questions as there are about about rising and will he play and what does the offense look like? And if it's Barnes, can they score points? It's like, you might be worried about that, but there's really, there is no gaping hole on this Utah defense. Uh, there's depth and there, again, there's veterans. Now they've, they've gotten a little banged up here during camp because they probably hit a little more than they did during last year's camp. So we'll see, we'll see who's ultimately available, but you might see some guys either limited or out and, Utah's probably really going to need some depth to step up on defense on Thursday night. Final couple things here with Josh Newman. Uh, Josh, before we just get your kind of overall thoughts on the game and some of the key key matchups in your eyes, um, I want to go back to uh, the quarterback position and also just the, the, the kind, of kind of weapons, weapons that, that, uh, that, that we that see we from, from Utah. Utah on that side of the ball. Now, we, we know that uh, Bryson Barnes is, is going to be the backup uh, to rising. You know, what should 
Florida fans expect from him? What does he look like in the opportunities uh, that he's gotten? And then who are some other weapons that Utah has on the offensive side of the ball outside, outside of the tight end spot? spot? Yeah, so Bryson Barnes is, you know, it's, it's actually an interesting story, okay? Walk-on kid from a very small high school in southern Utah, set all kinds of state passing records at his, like, tiny 1A school, walks on here and kind of becomes his folk hero, right, to Utah fans, enters the, uh, the 21 Rose Bowl, against Ohio State midway through the fourth quarter when Rising went out with a, a concussion and he almost steals the game, right? Throws a Yeah, I can hear you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Can you guys hear yeah, me? Yeah, we got you back, Josh. Sorry, sorry. So, yeah, so Barnes is, you know, this interesting story. He's kind of a folk hero. He's, he's a strictly a pocket passer. He can take off a little bit, but they really don't want him doing that. He's most comfortable um, in the pocket, surveying the situation. Very cerebral type of kid. Um, doesn't make a ton of mistakes mentally. He's just limited in what he's able to do. Now, if it is Bryson Barnes for Utah, can Bryson Barnes beat Florida? Yeah, Bryson Barnes can probably beat Florida, but he's going to need a lot of help. Like the offensive line it, it is going to have to do its job. The running back room is going to have to step up. I'm a little more bearish on the running back situation in Utah than some other people covering the team, certainly the fan base. Um, you know, if it's rising, anything's possible. But if it's Barnes, he's going to need a lot of help against Florida. No doubt. And then final thing for you, Josh, uh, You've been previewing this game, talking about this game, uh, writing about this matchup. Uh, in your mind, and, and I, I mean, this is kind of a hard game to predict and preview because of the unknowns and what's going to happen with the quarterback situation. But what are some keys to the game? How does how does Utah win this game? How does Utah lose this game? Yeah, I mean, I think I think to win this game, I think I think you have to make Graham Mertz uncomfortable. Obviously, Graham Mertz, as we've talked about here for a while now Graham Mertz is not Anthony Richardson okay Anthony Richardson killed Utah last year not with his arm but with his legs and he would tuck it and go and Utah missed a million tackles Graham Mertz is not that guy so if your front four is getting home and if you're dialing up some timely blitzes just making him uncomfortable making him make mistakes I think I think Utah is going to be fine um Utah loses this game and again as you said I mean it's hard to it's hard to forecast this thing because we don't know who the who the quarterback is officially, um, let, you know, let's just say for the sake of arguing that rising is out, right? Like, look, like, let's say it's Barnes. It's kind of the same thing. Like take care of the ball. Don't make a ton of mistakes. And if it is Barnes, they're not going to ask him to do everything. Okay. Bryson Barnes, he's not going to be asked to throw the ball 30 times, 35 times. That's just not going to happen. So all you need from Bryson Barnes is again, take care of the ball. Don't make a ton of mistakes. He's going to have to make some throws at some point. But you need everybody else around him, specifically the running backs, Jaquindon Jackson and Makai Bernard, 
and Jalen Glover. You need these guys to really produce, to take pressure off of Barnes. If everybody else is doing their job and you're not asking Barnes to do everything, I think Utah's going to be all right. Good stuff, man. Well, Josh, we appreciate your coverage. Uh, we've all been following along. I know uh, not just Florida media members, but Gator fans trying to get updates out of Utah. <laughs> um, so uh, we appreciate the coverage, man. Uh, folks, you can follow him at, at Joshua underscore Newman on Twitter or X uh, now is, is the official name. It's called so, now. <laughs> uh, Josh, we appreciate the time, and we'll see you out in Salt Lake, bud. Stay safe and travel safe, guys. Thanks, All right, Josh. Sounds good, man. Josh Newman from KSL.com. Northeastern uh, guy, transplanted out Midwest. Listen, I, I don't know what the uh, dynamic is on that beat. You know, some beats you get a lot of uh, uh, homers <laughs> asking questions. Uh, that's like, you remember James Crepa? Crepa? Who uh, yeah, he covered Auburn and Gus Miles on, and, and James is from I think like New York, New Jersey, and uh, Gus Malzahn was always like just getting needled by him. I think James, I think Josh Newman might be the guy needling Kyle Whittingham out there. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's interesting because you know I was on ESPN Gainesville here Monday, and um, somebody asked like before Whittingham's presser if. I thought, and Steve Russell thought he was being coy, and we both didn't think so. But now I think he is, uh, based on how Josh described his Monday presser. So, I mean, hey, the fact that they haven't had viewing periods like we get here at UF and, and people don't really know what's going on at practice, he's he's able to do that and keep Florida guessing all the way up until the day of kickoff. So, Buddy, Meyer, Muschamp. Mullen and now Napier. Florida's had four coaches, and Kyle Whittingham has just been gliding, coasting, winning some Pac-12 championships, winning eight games, nine games. My guy's golden. He's like he's like the uh, West Coast version of Nick Saban. He's fine. Yeah, Nick Saban. Like today. you said, that when you when you're that when you reach that status, you get to close practice. When you're tenured <laughs> like that, baby, you do whatever you want. Nick Saban walked into his press conference today and was like. I know you guys are going to get a depth chart, but you're not getting a depth chart because I don't like my players to be distracted. Nick, your players are going through practice. They can see who the, what the depth chart yes, is yes, at yes, practice. Yes. Are you canceling practice because you don't want them to see where they are in the pecking order on the depth chart? That's the but funny you, thing about it. You're right, is because every everybody that's out there at practice knows who the ones and the twos are. They literally say, ones, twos, you're up. Twos. Threes. Why isn't anyone on the field? Well, we don't know who the ones and the twos are because the depth chart would create distraction and then it wouldn't, we wouldn't have competition. So when you yelled ones and twos, we didn't know where to go. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, well, listen, we, uh, we know where to go. That's Salt Lake. Nick and I will be flying out on Tuesday morning early. 
uh, with Keith, and we're we're looking forward to this trip. So we're gonna switch gears here now, and uh, Nick and I will preview this matchup and give some of our thoughts uh, and takes and kind of what to expect. But before we do that, I want to give a shout out to our next sponsor, and that's My Perfect Franchise. Uh, if you are ready to leave the corporate rat race for the American dream, looking for a side hustle while working your current job, wanting to diversify, build wealth, and or leave a legacy. Andy can help. Andy is a franchise consultant as well as a franchise owner and helps people find franchises that fit their skill sets, financial requirements, time to commit, and more. His services are 100% free, and he's here to help if you have any questions about business ownership. You can learn more and contact Andy anytime at myperfectfranchise.net or calling or texting him at 404-973-9901. And uh, Nick... Now it's time for us to get into uh, to this game. We've been writing about it, uh, making bold <laughs> predictions, uh, listing key matchups. Uh, we'll have our we will have our official predictions out at Gators Online uh, on Wednesday. So you guys are going to have to wait for that. We're not going to give our picks tease. on this show, um, but uh, we will make you wait for that for that juice. But I, I think we feel good enough about this matchup to kind of break it down for you guys uh, based off everything we've heard and seen in Gainesville this week. Uh, you know, it, it's nice, Nick, that we don't uh, usually, you know, this this would be a week because of the storm that we'd be we're not even sure if the game is going to happen. Um, and that's not the case. Ford is going to get out of, out of Dodge. And um, this game is going to go down on a Thursday, a, a rare road opener for Florida, a true road opener. Uh, the Gators haven't had many of those. This is just the third time in the last 38 years. Uh, that dates back to uh, at Miami in 1987 and then Old Miss in 2020. But if we're talking about, you know, leaving the SEC footprint, Nick, I mean, Florida is going out of the way uh, for this game in Salt Lake City. There's obviously that factor of the newness of this trip that these teams have only played twice before and both times were in Gainesville. Uh, but there is the other factor, and Napier and Ricky Pearsall kind of dismissed it this week in my estimation, but uh, that is the uh, elevation of 4,637 feet that Rice-Eccles Stadium sits at and uh, what type of impact that could have on a – visiting Florida Gators team that is used to playing down in the swamp uh, where it's hot and humid and um, not that high uh, in elevation. But, Nick, like I said, they basically brushed it off as uh, no big deal. It's interesting to me because um, growing up, we would go uh, skiing every year. And, I mean, that's – listen, that's a different elevation. You're up in the mountains in Breckenridge or in Copper and Aspen, Vale, wherever – uh, we're talking eight, nine thousand, ten thousand wow. feet when you're up, you know, in the mountains in the Rockies. Um, I think it will have an effect, but not as much, in my opinion, as like last year. It was hot. It was like high upper 80s, and then it downpoured, and then it was just mid 80s, but 80 percent humidity because it had been pouring. Uh, yep. And, and I think that's probably harder to acclimate to. That's it's hard to breathe. And I think more so with altitude will be just catching your breath um, and maybe getting short of breath quicker. But 
once you catch it and you have oxygen tanks, I think it's different than, you know, feeling you can feel like the weight of the humidity on you when you're in Gainesville. Um, and it's listen, you and I have lived here our whole lives. I have I, I'm not used to it. I'm 34. Not not used to the humidity at all. So um, I don't think it will be as big of an impact. And listen, I could be wrong. You and I can get there. Uh, and, and we'll let you know on Tuesday afternoon, yeah. walking around, being like, "Listen, guys, the the, the altitude is going to going to play a factor." Uh, Zach and I are having trouble walking up the stairs to our hotel room. Uh, it's it's going to play a factor, but I don't think it will. I just I, I think, feel like because of all the heat and humidity that we've been dealing with, I feel like our body's going to be like, "Bring it on!" But it, it, I mean, it's hot there too. It's a different kind of heat. It's that dry heat. You felt it out in Las Vegas. Um, I've felt it out in Arizona and it, it's going to be like highs of 90 on Thursday. Um, mm. and, uh, but like then the, uh, hashtag nice projection forecast for uh kickoff is 69 degrees and like, Hey, that feels nice. nice. I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring a sweater. Um, I'm going to enjoy myself. Um, it, it should be interesting. Um, yeah. you hear a lot about, the stadium and it, it seats almost like just a little bit more than half of what Kyle field did. And Florida was there <laughs> last year. Uh, it seats a little bit more than half of tiger stadium, which Florida plays at every other year. Florida played at um, Neyland stadium last year. Y'all. <laughs> like, yeah. So like Ricky Pearsall a, was like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. SEC. <laughs> the writers out there say like, it's one of the best PAC 12 environments. Um, I can believe it. But what does that mean? Yeah, um, I mean, what, now Utah. Utah does play way better at home, and this shouldn't come surprise. Most teams play better at home, but Utah has won fourteen straight, twenty-four of their last twenty-six games at home. They averaged last year uh, twelve points less per game at home than on the road. Like this team plays well at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're gonna have a red out. They're they're wearing all red, looking like the Kool Aid Man. Um, Florida's can't just you can't just roll the ball out there and Florida's gonna walk in uh and, and win the game. Like mm-hmm. Utah's gonna punch you in the mouth. We saw that last year. This is a physical football team. I think I've seen fans saying, like, Florida's faster than them. Just play silent and silent, get the playmakers the ball in space. I'm like, yeah, Utah can run too. Like this is a good program. Um, and Florida's going to have to scratch and claw to win this game. They will. And and I'm just I said it when Josh was on. Nick, but like, I man, this is a tough one to predict. This is a tough one to forecast because I feel like without Cam Rising, Florida wins. Yeah, I feel like with a healthy Cam, Cam, Cam Rising, rising a, he- a healthy Cam Utah Rising wins. is a a healthy Cam Rising is a top ten quarterback in the country. Yeah, there's no questions about that. Top ten. He's not going to be healthy. And listening to Josh, like I hey, said, he's not going to play, Nick. Yeah, I don't know. Nobody knows. Flip a coin. I get a but sense like, he might not play, man. But if, if if he's cleared, he's playing. Like Kyle Whittingham is doing like the football coach thing. Like, listen, if the doctors say he can play, who am I to say he can't? And, and this isn't an instance of well, he hasn't been practicing fully. He's a fifth year senior. Yeah, he's, he's a fifth fine. year senior. You know. He knows but the I offense. still think there's something to that. be said. Like he, I don't care how many lateral movement. Uh, yeah. I, I, I just, I, again, on third and seven from the UF 48 yard line or 46, 
late in the game, their final drive, got to have it. This man had a 29-yard scramble into the red zone that a few plays later, I mean, he could have set up the game-winning uh, touchdown or the game-tying field goal, and instead he throws a pick to Amari Bernie. But he still made a 29-yard run, and I just – don't think that he's going to be able to do that in this game. Now he's going to be able, he's going to have to be able to run and be mobile and have some movement. He's just not going to be a threat like that. Uh, And if he is, then he's, you know, he's, they've done a good job of, uh, I think, keeping it under wraps, but I I just, you know, I, so that's the other thing. If he doesn't play, I feel like Florida wins. If he's, you know, 100% healthy and, can can move his legs and run around, or let's say like not even, not even injured and not even coming off this surgery, just had not been injured at all and was coming into this game 100% healthy. I think Utah wins. But then, what if he, as Nick has talked about throughout the show, plays but is, you know, stationary in the pocket, not able to do do you know his full set of uh, full sk- skill set? And Josh said that. He feels like if he's at 85% that they won't play him uh, or if that he can't do all the things that make him a great quarterback, they won't play him. And maybe that's the case, um, but it, it's just a it's a it's a weird dynamic, Nick, because I, I, I think it it really does change the whole matchup and how and how you view it. Uh, yeah, I mean, imagine. If USC, if Florida's playing USC and they were like, hey, Caleb Williams might not play. Um, or, or if Florida is going to play Georgia and they're like, Hey, Carson Beck's out, like you're taking away, uh, the, a person on that team that you can't really replace. And, and I would, I would be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised if Cam rising can't go, they use both quarterbacks because Bryson yeah. Barnes seems to be the veteran that knows the playbook better. Um, and, and Nate can run. Yeah. He's you're a playmaker. Cam rising. Nate can run. Uh, yeah. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Yeah. And that's, you know, that I, I think the fact, if you know, reading between the lines, like Josh said from his Monday presser, the fact that he talked up Nate Johnson in the way that he did and made some mention of his skill set, one is to probably make the Florida coaches prepare for him because uh, he knows that they're listening. But two, in the event that rising doesn't play or gets out there and doesn't feel good after a few series and sits it out that you're, you're absolutely right, Nick. I think that there's a chance that we see both of those quarterbacks, um, you know, and if you're not familiar with their quarterback situation, you know, Florida has been preparing for all three guys. Uh, They had a backup quarterback and it wasn't Barnes. Uh, it was a another signal caller, uh, Brandon Rose, who was going to be QB two, and then he got injured in camp, Nick, because they made their quarterbacks or let their quarterbacks go live in a scrimmage. Yeah, to think of that, like doesn't re- didn't Muschamp do that at one point with Driscoll and uh, Brissett? Yeah, I, I can't remember. I can't. I Somebody did. I know some Florida quarterbacks enough. went live at some point. We were like, what? Um, that's one way to, like, you know, uh, settle out the competition is 
throw him into the fire like that. I mean, um, Rose's injuries now open the door for Barnes and uh, Nate Johnson to get an opportunity if Cam Rising cannot play. Now, Bryson Barnes, as Josh mentioned, um, he's a guy that you know Utah fans are very familiar with. He played in 10 games last season. He threw for 430 yards. Um, he had four touchdowns, two interceptions. He had his first career start against Washington State, and then he also took over for Rising in the Rose Bowl, threw for 112 yards in that game, a touchdown and a pick. Um, so he's played and seen a lot of action. And then Johnson uh, played in four games as a true freshman, uh, and he you know, he had a touchdown pass against Stanford, and he carried the ball five times, and he had two touchdowns. So um, he's seen a little bit of action, Nick, but I just um, – I mean, honestly <laughs> – Regardless of who is the quarterback, I, I think that Austin Armstrong is going to bring the house, man. If it's rising, you know, hits his first game back, he's probably still rusty. The chemistry with his receivers, uh, you know, I'm not going to say it's not going to be there. But, again, he's he's going to be coming off of not all of fall camp in the spring, not going through 11-on-11 and scrimmage work. So I think that he's going to put as much pressure – on him as he can, and then if Cam can't play, then you're throwing everything that you can just like that at, at Barnes uh, as well, and then Nate Johnson when he's in the game. Now, Nate Johnson, you might have to be a little bit more uh, careful about how you blitz him because of his uh, his dual threat ability, but um, I think Austin's I think Austin's going to be dialing him up, Nick. Yeah, going back and looking at, at his defenses, um, the emphasis on creating havoc. Yeah. What does that mean? Blitzing, uh, bringing blitzes from different places, showing shells and, and coming from somewhere else. Um, but it's going to put a lot of man coverage with maybe a single high safety. You're going to get big. You're going to give up big plays and, and calm down. Don't I, I understand your Todd Grantham PTSD, your Patrick Tony PTSD. Don't don't put the sins of the father on the son. Florida or Austin Armstrong's defense at Southern Miss gave up a ton of 20 plus yard mm. passes this year. Um, I think 10 passes of more than 30 yards last year at Southern Miss. They're going to give up big plays. Um, I worry about Florida tackling if, if it's Nate running the ball. Jordan Travis still hasn't been tackled from last November. Um, so I, there are questions, there are concerns. I see a lot of people being. Um, just like, well, Austin Armstrong figured it out. Our defense is going to be elite. And I'm like, well, maybe, I don't know. You, you yeah. can't say that with certainty. Yeah. Um, their depth is better. Um, but I think Utah presents problems. They've got a six foot five, 245 pound, former professional rugby player playing tight end who had five touchdowns in their last six games last year. Uh, even if Brant Keithy can't go, you've got a jacked Jeremy Crawshaw playing tight end. So, so th there are matchup problems for Florida. Um, it's not going, Florida's not going to go in there and win 40 to 14. Um, no. It's going to be a tough game. I, I think if Cam Rising doesn't play, I think we would see both. But they also have a really veteran offensive line outside of left tackle and, and three talented running backs. They've got a front seven who's going to give Florida's offensive line. And, and we don't know Prin um, Princely. We don't know if Kingsley Aguakin is going to play. He's played yep. 20 four straight games, 26 straight games, 40 games in his career. And Florida can say all they want about Jake Slaughter and how much they like him. And he's ready. He hasn't played in those games. 
this will be his first real big test. And you're doing it against a bunch of dudes from Utah who are ready to take somebody's lunch in their first career start. So, Especially coming off of that loss last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So coming off of that loss, coming off of like a heartbreaking loss where you lose your quarterback and to Penn State in the Rose Bowl. Um, you've got your coach who's been there for almost two decades. Uh, a decade and a half saying this is one of the best teams he's ever had. Like this is going to be a confident team in Utah uh, looking to protect their home turf. No doubt. And we're going to Nick mentioned that matchup. We're going to get into some key matchups right here as uh, we give our keys to the game to wrap up the show. But uh, before we do that, I want to give a shout out to Prairie Dental Center uh, here in Gainesville, Florida. The doctor is a UF grad who's practiced in town for three decades and has developed a deep understanding of how to diagnose and treat various dental problems, along with advanced skills and knowledge to provide more effective and efficient care to his patients. If you're having dental concerns or just need a cleaning, Prairie Dental Center offers a wide range of personalized care options to meet your individual needs. Give their office a call at 352-373-3431. Tell them Gators Online sent you and your new patient exam will be free. And as we, uh, Wrap up this week's show, week one preview, Florida-Utah just sounds good, rolling off the tongue. Uh, we're going to give some keys to the game now and uh, what it's going to take for Florida to go out to Salt Lake City and get this dub and uh, go 2-0 and in this home-and-home home series against the back-to-back Pac-12 champs. That'll be uh, you know, something that, uh, uh, that Billy has as another feather in his cap. And again, before we get into the keys, Nick, you know, I, I think that Florida, you know, Florida could lose this game and without question have a better season than it did last year versus when they won this game last year and then didn't have the season that everybody expected. Uh, because if they come out week one and lose, I think it's easy going to be easy for folks to be down on this team. But, uh, you know, the potential is there for them to be a better team. They might not have a better record. Uh, but this is a this is a game that could go a long way in determining whether they can reach that eight win uh, mark that I think a lot of folks are shooting for or hoping for uh, in Gator Nation. You know, Vegas, I don't know, Vegas still has them at 5.5, but I think a lot of, you know, national media folks have them anywhere from, gosh, five to six wins to as low as four and three. I mean, the Vegas athletic has, predicted Vegas Napier to go three and nine. <laughs> And to get fired, and what week was that? Uh, they, well, they... well, Vegas has him at five and a half. Uh, the Athletic doesn't even have a beat writer in town. I'm not reading the Athletic uh, when it comes to the Florida Gators anymore. Well, the the Athletic did let uh, the the Athletic did have a writer go in there and get to watch a practice during fall camp. So uh, he must not have been impressed by what he saw if they're picking him to go three and nine and Billy to get fired in year two, which is not going to happen. Um, even if they do go three and nine, uh, which I seriously doubt will take place. But uh, again, this game right here will go a long way, maybe to determining what type of threshold they can reach in terms of total wins. Um, Nick, as we uh, forecast this for the final time in Gainesville, should we say, we're going to do some more uh, previewing from Salt Lake City. But what are some keys in your mind for this matchup on Thursday night? Yeah, uh, when I look at Graham Mertz, uh, he's been a turnover machine. Florida will not win this football game uh, if they turn the ball over. Uh, 
I don't really worry. You know, Montrell Johnson's uh, introduction to Florida was fumbling the ball in his very first carry yes. last year. I don't know. I, I don't think he fumbled. I, I could be wrong. I don't think he fumbled the rest of the year. Um, Florida won't win this game. Trevor Etienne fumbled it, in the game too. <laughs> Florida won't win this game if they turn the ball over. If they lose the turnover battle, they won't win this game. I think you need to run the ball effectively. Um, those five guys up front need to create a new line of scrimmage one to two yards down the field, create holes for these guys to run, and Florida needs to win the turnover battle. On defense, I mentioned those big plays. You're going to. I think Florida will get to the quarterback. They will create pressure. They will create hurries. Um, I think you need to limit the big plays. Um and that's something I said that, hey, you're going to have to eat some of those this year because you're going to play this aggressive style of defense. I think you need to kind of limit those on Thursday night. No doubt. And uh, that's that's going to be, I think, something that all Florida fans are kind of tuned into on the defensive side is, is can they do that uh, after that was something that Florida struggled with, um, you know, trying to get off the field on third downs. Uh, there's a lot of issues that they had. And I think one of them was their rushing defense. Uh, Florida ranked. 100th nationally last year in stopping the run. And that was something that Utah did very well, which was run the ball. Uh, they had the nation's uh, number 11 rushing offense last season, 217 yards a game. And uh, they put it to Florida in the swamp last season on the ground. Tavion Thomas, who no, is no longer uh, on the team, uh, he had a 100-yard game against the Gators, uh, 115 to be exact, and a touchdown on 23 carries. And then, as we mentioned earlier with Josh, Cam Rising, 91 yards on uh, just seven carries. So uh, they were able to do some damage against the Gators. Uh, and even though they lost Thomas, they still have two backs in Jackson and Bernard, uh, who both went over 500 yards last season. Uh, they, they were featured a lot in the offense. And, uh, you know, as we heard from Josh, he's a little bit higher on – uh, maybe those two backs and maybe some other guys uh, on the Utah beat. But regardless, uh, Florida is going to need to defend the run better, not just in this game, but all season. Their impact, defensive line transfers, and some of the linebackers that they brought in, they're going to need to show up in this game, in the run game specifically, um, and be difference makers because that was just where Florida struggled to stop the run last year was in that front seven. Um, and, you know, one more uh, – you know, key on on the defensive side. You know, we've we've mentioned obviously uh, the tight end position at length, but you know, regardless of whether it's uh, Brant or, or their other tight end that that played at the end of last season, kind of showed out. Florida needs to do a better job in coverage. Um, you know, Cam Rising, if he does play, is going to be probably getting out a lot of quick passes and and doing a lot of short game, and those guys are going to have to do well. Uh, and I think that two guys specifically that I'm looking forward to that, you know, I'm interested to see if they can make an impact and just help out in coverage. And that's Manny Nunnery and RJ Moten. Manny Nunnery, a former safety at Houston, who's uh, probably Florida's best cover linebacker right now. And uh, that's what I was, you know, told basically on his performance in fall camp, that he's going to be a guy that should make a difference um, in coverage at the linebacker spot. So, uh, if Brandt does give it a go, I mean, I, I would probably uh, expect to see Nunnery matched up against him. And also, I think R.J. Moten, he's a guy that did really good in coverage against Michi uh, at Michigan. And uh, I would expect that he's going to start at safety and get a lot of playing time 
So he's a guy that I think that needs to show up at a safety spot that Florida obviously struggled at last year and is still, you know, some question marks uh, going into this season. And then offensive side, we've already alluded to it, but, uh, you know, Florida center situation, if Kingsley doesn't play, obviously Jake has got to step up and they got to make sure that he's ready for this moment, ready for this matchup uh, and, you know, a preseason first team, uh, Pac-12 defensive lineman that he's going to be lined up right against. Uh, if Kingsley does play and he's good to go um, from this lower body injury, Napier listed him as day-to-day kind of going through this week. Uh, you know, even if Kingsley does play, you've got basically a brand new offensive line, save for Austin uh, Barber. So, you know, you're having to make sure that these guys get lined up uh, on a road environment for your first game, dealing with the crowd noise, uh, dealing with Graham Mertz, like being able to settle him in and uh, and obviously create space, like you said, Nick, for the running backs. I think that that's going to be very key for Florida in this game. And, uh, you know, last but not least, I don't want to give away all my keys from this Gators Online story. Um, but, you know, I, I think that Graham Mertz, you know, Josh also already mentioned, uh, you know, some of the, the issues that he's had in the past. Nick said he's got to, you know, stop with the – with the uh, turnovers, I also think sacks, uh, you know, sticking with the offensive line. If you remember in the spring game, I mean, he was under duress all night. Uh, he was sacked, tagged five times in that spring game. And, you know, he was hurried into a bunch of throws. And, you know, that was against guys that couldn't ta- tackle him. They're going to be able to tackle him on Thursday night. And this is a Utah team that loves to blitz. They ranked number one in the Pac-12 last season, number eight nationally in sacks 41 total on the year uh they didn't have any sacks last season against florida but that's because anthony richardson was playing quarterback um so i I think to be able to protect graham mertz uh especially with all the new pieces on the offensive line against a defense that loves to blitz that is going to be key for this matchup if graham is taking a bunch of sacks taking a bunch of hits uh that is going to be hard for him to get in his comfort zone yeah uh, I think there's a lot. I've seen a lot of uh, if Anthony Richardson can make the short passes that Graham Mertz does, we blow we blow Utah out last year. I'm like, all right, well, Anthony's uh, Anthony also had three rushing five yard touchdown run. A, yeah, I thought I think that there was a sixty yard touchdown run. It's like, all right, well, you're not going to get that, so you're going to get a whole different t- style of quarterback. Um, maybe the offensive line isn't as good as we thought. Maybe it wasn't as good as we thought last year. And those mm-hmm. sack numbers were just because you had a six foot four, 240 pound guy who could run yeah. 27 or, or miles. Also, an hour maybe they, there. maybe they just won't be good week one. And it might take them a few games to gel and, you know, to find some chemistry. Like this maybe, is a yeah. brand new offensive line, especially maybe, if Jake slaughter starts. Maybe everyone stinks in the athletics, right? <laughs> uh, I think that was uh, I think I, I think I think what you said the first time around in response to that was a little bit more accurate. Um, I don't think you they, can just uh, show up show up one time and get a pulse on the program. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so um, it, it it will be interesting. I think Florida has a really good chance um, to, to come out of here with a win, and then I think uh you know as i talked with keith niebuhr last night when we were doing our show you beat utah you beat mcneese and that sets up for a a wonderful night in gainesville with with tennessee and florida under the lights so 
Uh, that's getting ahead of ourselves. But listen, they say one one game at a time, one opponent at a time. You and I don't have to put pads on, Zach. We can look down the road. That's right. Uh, we're, we've been looking down the road for, uh, for a lot of weeks, and uh, now the season is finally here. Week one, opener at Utah, uh, this home-and-home home series. I don't know next time we're going to be out there, Nick, but uh, we're going to do it up this week. I uh, want to give a shout-out to our final sponsor before we get out of here and uh, encourage all Florida fans to go to RogueShop.com if you have issues sleeping, chronic pain, and or anxiety and, and stress. Rogue Shop sells CBD, THC edibles, smokables, and vapes, as well as handcrafted bath salts, soaps, candles, and massage oils. Uh, Rogue Shop is a true small business. They have five employees and make all of their products with their own cannabis grown in their manufacturing facility. Visit RogueShop.com. That's R-U-G-U-E Shop.com. And that'll do it for this week's Gators Online show, a early week edition. Uh, We'll have a bunch of reaction and previews videos from Salt Lake City and then a rapid reaction after the game. And then next week we will get to our regularly scheduled programming and get back to our Friday preview shows. But uh want to make sure that you guys had something to listen to before this. Uh, appreciate everybody that has made it through the dog days of summer with us. I uh, hope we made it go by easier. Uh, it's been fun doing these shows and uh, writing all this preview coverage, but now we've got a game to cover. So um, appreciate Josh uh, for joining us this week to give us his perspective on uh, this Utah team that we will see take on Florida Thursday night from Salt Lake City. For Nick Del Torre, I'm Zach Albert. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.